if you have your Bibles, electronic devices, I'm just going to invite that you click to turn to Luke chapter 24. If not, the words are going to come up on the screen in a few minutes as I, as I walk through the scripture with you. And I want to talk to you today about the wonder of the resurrection. Normally, I talk about the, about the resurrection on Easter Sunday. Can I, can I tell you a funny story real quick? And, it, and then I'll judge whether I tell this in the other three or not. Uh, <laughs> based on your response, because there's sometimes I floated a joke through on a Saturday night, and so not so much, and I, I didn't even do it the, sun, the Sunday. But anyway, normally I talk on the, re- I, I speak and I preach on the resurrection on Easter Sunday. And so a number of years back in, at the event center, I had a man walk up to me after the service, and he said, Pastor, he says, I don't want to be rude or anything, but I think you're absolutely in a rut. Every time I come to this church, you're preaching on the resurrection. <laughs> you get it? Should I use it tomorrow? Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Anyway, so we laughed about it. In fact, is I think he's in this service now. So we laughed about it and said, well, maybe you should maybe come on sometime other than Easter. That would be great. And so now he does. In fact, is he serves. But anyway, we need to move on. So... <laughs> Because I'll get in a lot of trouble. But you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 24. We're going to talk about the wonder of the resurrection because there's like no greater theme in the Bible of the wonder of the resurrection. Jesus Christ raising uh, from the grave the dead. And I mean, that's foundational of the Christian life. It's, it's the hinge in which Christians hang all of our hopes where the door of our hopes swing wide. And so I, I want to walk through Luke chapter 24, one of my favorite, all-time favorite resurrection experiences, resurrection story, because it's the road to Emmaus, if you're familiar with that. Two guys are walking. They're walking away from Jerusalem. We'll understand that. And you see three, for me, it's like three Ds. You see three Ds in their life, disillusionment, then there's a dialogue, and then also there's a discovery who Jesus is. And I find a lot of times in people's spiritual journey, sometimes that's how they start out on the journey. First, there's like this disillusionment in life, a relationship, something, something going on in their life. And then they have a dialogue with someone. Someone talks to them, opens up the scriptures with them. And then there's like this discovery that happens in their life. And so I, I pray. I pray through the time that we have together, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, whether you, you haven't met him yet or you have met him and you're walking with him, that there may be new discovery uh, in your life on this resurrection weekend. And so you have these two guys and they're, they're walking. So the first thing you see, that's the first principle, you see disillusionment. And so aren't you, have you ever... <laughs> Have you ever noticed, just real quickly, have you ever noticed if you've ever been around like, like newly engaged couples and you talk to them and they're totally unrealistic about the challenges of marriage, right? And you, you talk to them and, and, and they're talking about marriage and it's just going to be wonderful. We're going to be with each other 24-7. Once we get married, no more problems. Not Everything will start working out. And so they have these unrealistic expectations. And doesn't it kind of concern you for them that maybe they're going to be like, in fact, yes, here's a quick story. A, a friend of mine told me that when the bride steps into the room and here's the wedding march, there's three things she looks at. She looks at the aisle, the altar, and him. And then from that point on, her motto is, I'll alter him. And then when that doesn't work out so well, right, then there's disillusionment. 
And then there can be a little bit of despair. And so I want to walk through this story with you because the first thing you see in this story is, is that they had despair. Look at this, verse 13. It says, Now the same day two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. For them, this is a long walk. I mean, this isn't really a short walk. This is a long walk. It's a hard walk. You can still walk that trail today in Israel. And so they're, they're walking, and this is just so strange to me. Because they're walking away from Jerusalem. They're walking away from the answer. They're walking away from Jerusalem. These were disciples. They heard the, they heard the teachings of Jesus. And they're walking away from Jerusalem. And rumors are circulating that he had risen from the dead. That the tomb is empty. And yet, they hear the stories that some women had gone to the tomb. The tomb was empty. This angel appeared to them, said, he is not here. He is risen. He is risen from the grave. And it seems like they wouldn't want to leave Jerusalem. It seems like they'd want to stick around just long enough to hear what is going on. But these men, listen, these men, they're so disillusioned. They're in despair. They're walking away. They're walking away from the answer to their problems. They're walking away from the answer to their struggles. So they're walking away. And then you see this. You just see this downward spiral. You can see it in your life. You can see it in other people's life. There was this issue of despair. But then all of a sudden, it, they were negative. I mean, when you look at their conversation, we have an account of that. Verse 14, it says, together they were discussing everything that had taken place. So now between the two of them, as they're walking... They're talking about everything that had taken place. And, and listen, many times when people are in despair, when people are in depression, they become obsessed with negative stuff. They become obsessed with the problems. Fact is, when they're in despair, when they're in depression, that's all they want to talk about. I mean, have you ever had a discussion with someone and they're going through a problem, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in relationships, whether it's with their job, whether it's with the economy, whether it's with their children, whether it's with politics, whether it's with COVID, whether it's any of that stuff, and all of a sudden they just talk it to death. They're talking about it over and over and over and over. And then sometimes they'll look at you and they'll say, you know what, not talking about it anymore. We got to get on another subject. We got to talk about something positive. Not going to talk about it. And then all of a sudden, there's a brief lapse, a brief quiet. And then all of a sudden, they bring it up again and they start talking it about it again. Listen, despondent, depressed, people in despair will normally talk about a negative topic, conversation, will talk about the problem over and over. And then watch this. Then there's rudeness to a stranger, verse, verse 15. And while they were discussing and arguing, so this is hilarious. Now these two guys are in an argument. They were, they were like walking with each other. They were like buddies, partners in crime, walking away from Jerusalem. Now they're discussing this, and now all of a sudden they're arguing back and forth. They probably saw things differently. And Jesus himself, that's important, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them. But they were prevented from recognizing him. Now listen, we, we don't know. Scripture doesn't say why they were prevented from recognizing him. One of the theories I have, if, listen, if you've ever been to Israel, and we've walked the Via Della Rosa, and we've walked through the Kidron Valley, and we've walked through different places, you're, you're either going up or you're going down. It is not flat. And you're walking on like this soft shell rock that if you're not careful, you can slip. And so we even have better shoes than what they had in there. I mean, they had sandals. 
So normally when they would walk, I mean, they are like focused on the ground. And so maybe they were focused on the trail or maybe, maybe they were so focused on their, their issues, their problems. It prevented them to see what God was doing in their midst. That can happen. It prevented them to see that it was Jesus himself is the one that joined with them. And it was like, they were, they were like rude to him. Have you ever been with a friend and you're so deep in conversation? And all of a sudden a stranger walks in and tries to butt into the conversation and regardless how hungry they are for companionship or just someone to visit with, uh, you just kind of brush them off. You kind of give them a cold shoulder because you're like, like you're in this conversation with, with a friend. And, and so that's what's happening here. The stranger joined them on the road and they are, listen, they are so focused. They're so focused on their problems. They're so focused on their issues. They don't even realize it's Jesus. They don't even realize it's God. And so he even tries to interrupt them, and it doesn't work. Watch this, verse 17. And then he asks them, what is this dispute you're having with each other as you're walking? So, I mean, Jesus is trying to point this out. I mean, now then you guys are at odds. Now then you guys are having a, a, a dispute. And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. They're in despair. They're disillusioned. See, we're, we're going to learn why later. But they thought the Messiah, they thought Jesus was going to redeem Israel in a different way. And they, they watched him. He was crucified. He was nailed to a cross. And it seemed like all of their hopes died that day. It seemed like, it seemed like this is not the way. This is not the way we thought it was going to be. And it says they're, in, they're discouraged. And then the one named Cleopas answered him. This is hilarious. Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened there in these days? I mean, it's like, it's like they're like, are you kidding me? Are you the only one in town that doesn't even know what's going on? Remember, they don't realize they're talking to Jesus. But they're like, are you the, are you the only one in town? I mean, don't you hate it when someone talks down to you? Don't you hate it when someone in a condescending tone says, are you the only one that doesn't know that? Did you not look on the, the internet? Did you not ask the Google? Did you not Google that? Did you not see the documentary on the History Channel? Did you not read that book? How could you not know that? Did, do, you not, do you not even watch the news? You should know that. I mean, these guys are being rude, and they didn't even know it. But here's the amazing thing about Jesus. Even though they were rude to him, he was not rude to them. Even though they were disrespectful in their tone, he was not disrespectful to them. That's good news for you and I. Jesus understands when you're disillusioned. Jesus understands when you're in despair. Jesus even understands when you're depressed. And you're in this cycle of focusing on the negative, focusing on that thing, you're just churning on that thing, and even when you say, we got to quit talking about this. We just got to stop it. It's dividing us. It's depressing us. It's negative, not positive. We're going to talk about something else. 15, 20 minutes later, we're talking about it again. And here, 
here's what's happening. You see, this, you see this downward spiral. I think this is so important for us to understand. And all of a sudden, unfortunately, now they just get cynical. That's, anyway, they just have Look at this. Well, let's just read it. Verse 18. And you see the cynical attitude that they have. The one named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that happened there in these days? What things, he asked them. So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a powerful prophet in action and speak, in speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified them, him. Ever been in a room when people were talking about you and they didn't know you were in the room? This is what's happening here. They're talking about Jesus. Hello, I'm in the room. I'm with you. Has that ever happened to you? Where you've stepped into a room and they didn't know you were in the room and all of a sudden they started talking about you? One of the most vivid memories that I have of that is, is many, many years ago I, when I, I would do the invocation often for city council meetings. And so I would go down to city council. I'd always get there early, check in with the guy that I was supposed to check in with. And then I was usually one of the first people that would like, like sit in the, in the audience waiting for my turn. And so normally I would kind of sit towards the back and, and then people would file in and different groups of people would file in. And it was one of those nights that it was a, a high energy night because whatever was being discussed, it, a lot of people were, were interested in that. And so I took my seat towards the back, and then this group of people, they came in, and they sat directly in front, I mean, just right up, just right in front of me. And so they have the agenda in their hand, and they're talking about this is when we're going to speak, and this is what you're going to say, and they're, they're getting their strategy, strategy together. And then all of a sudden, they, they go, they look at the invocation, they go, who is this Charlie Jones guy? Fellowship the Rockies. You guys know that church? And one of the, I think that's that big church on the south side. And then... And then they started talking about me and the church. And listen, I know it's probably wrong to eavesdrop, but sometimes you just have to. <laughs> because you know what happens? You get the unvarnished truth, right? And some good, and some not so good. And so I listened, and also, you know, I planned out my, my new prayer. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I did look up at him when I prayed just to make eye contact. Hey, it's me. I was sitting behind you. But anyway, we, let's move on. So these two men, they're just cynical. They have a, they have a cynical attitude of what's going on. Verse, verse 21. But we were hoping. There's some insight right there. Their hopes were dashed. They were disillusioned. But we were hoping that he was the one about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things have happened. You know what they say? We've lost all hope. We were hoping that he was really the one that was going to redeem Israel. It's been like three days. Nothing's really happened. So we've like lost hope. They're pessimistic. They forgot that, that Jesus, and they forgot that Jesus had like warned them in advance. He told them this was going to happen. I mean, Matthew 16, 21, it says, From then on, Jesus began to point out to his disciples that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, scribes, be killed, and be raised on the third day. So all of a sudden, they're so removed from this, maybe, maybe they forgot that. Verse 22, Moreover, some women from our group astounded us. 
They arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that, that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Now you hear the cynical attitude. Now you even hear the sarcasm. You know, some people went to the tomb. They said it, wasn't, it was empty. They said an angel spoke to them, but you know what? Basically, they're so cynical, they're saying, you know what? We don't even believe that. We don't even believe that. Verse 24, some of those who were with us, so some of the disciples went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. So now, now you see these guys are like full-blown depression. Depression for them was believing a man is the Messiah and then to have him die. And they were struggling. So you see this disillusionment. Then you see all of a sudden a dialogue. The second thing in this step, you see they have this, they have this dialogue. Here's what the scripture said, verse 25. So he said to them, how foolish you are. How slow to believe all the prophets have, 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 have spoken. Wasn't it necessary, this is what Jesus said, for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them the things concerning himself and all the scriptures so he brings out the bible and he starts telling them scripture and he starts telling them some things he takes them back to the old testament maybe and he says maybe you've forgotten some things maybe you've forgotten isaiah 53 remember isaiah 53 and one thing about these guys they knew the old testament he said remember isaiah 53 it told us that that he the messiah was going to come and he would be bruised led to to led like a sheep to slaughter and and have you thought about that? And how about Psalm 22? How about Psalm 22? You guys remember Psalm 22? Remember it said that his hands would be pierced and he would have wounds and, and they would cast lots for his garments. Isn't that what happened? And then how about Psalm 16? That he will not, God will not abandon the Messiah, that he will not let his body see to clay. And he said and th th that he would be resurrected. He said, have you, have you forgotten that? And maybe at that point, these men were like, were like intrigued. Isn't it amazing, even as believers, that we can become so familiar with the scriptures, they no longer move us. We're just so familiar with the scriptures that they no longer really move us any longer. I mean, you can be around something, something so often, so much, that you don't even notice it anymore. Uh, here a while back in, in our home, we got a, a home alarm system. And so our home, home alarm system, it alarms, even when it's off, that every time a door is open. And it announces back door open, front door open, family room open, garage door, service door open. And so we've like heard that thing so much, we don't really even hear it anymore. And then here a while back, we had our kids over with our grandkids. And then they left, they went home. And so Brittany, our oldest daughter, heard, heard her kids talking. And they would open a door, and they'd go, back door, open. And then they would all laugh. Front, and they'd run to the front door. Front door, open. And they would laugh. And they'd go to the, the, the patio door. Patio door, open. And they would laugh. And Brittany's like, what are you guys doing? Why is this so funny? They go, at Nana and Pop-Pop's house, every time you open a door, someone says, door, open. We don't even hear that. But they did. Why? Because they're, they're not familiar with it. They saw it for the first time. Sometimes we as Christians, we can get so accustomed to spiritual things, we don't hear it anymore. We can read the same passages over and over and over. It no longer moves us. 
We can come and we can celebrate a resurrection of Jesus Christ and it no longer moves us like it once did. We can become so familiar with the songs, we can be so familiar with the scriptures that it no longer moves us like it once did. And sometimes we need a stranger to step in. Even though they may irritate us at first, we need a stranger to step in and say, have you considered this? Have you considered this scripture? Have you considered what he said here? Verse 28, he goes on and he says, they came near the village where they were going and he gave the impression that he was going farther. This is hilarious. I don't know if he was like trying to fake them out, but he gave the impression like, like he, he's going. It's like, are you going to invite me or not? And I just tell you this. Jesus Christ will never force himself on you. He wants it to be a choice. He will never be overbearing. And so he acted like he was going on farther. And they invited him in. So you see disillusionment. You see a dialogue. And then the last thing you see, you see... You see discovery. In verse 29, but they urged him. They begged him, just stay with us. Because it's almost evening and now the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. At this point, these two men still don't know it's Jesus. But they just knew something had happened and they wanted him to stay. And then Jesus begins to... Reveal himself. This is interesting, and we, we don't have a lot of time to unpack it, but he reveals himself in the familiar. He started with where they were. He started with what they were familiar with. Look at this, verse 30. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. He had a meal with them, but it was something in the breaking of bread. Even though this is familiar language with the Lord's Supper, communion, what we did earlier, the breaking of bread, I don't believe he took communion with them. There's just a phrase they used that they had a meal. And I think when they recognized him is when he broke the bread. They had a prayer. He blessed it. And then all of a sudden, he reached across the table, and he hands them the bread, and they could see the nail prints. And they were fresh. They were still scabbed over. And all of a sudden, they recognized him. I think it was his scars. And then he just disappeared. And then all of a sudden, everything changes for them. All of a sudden, now, now, they're positive about their past experiences. Verse 32. So they said to each other, weren't our hearts burning within us 
while he was talking with us on the road, explaining the scriptures to us. Now, all of a sudden, they look back at their past, and you know what? They're positive. They're no longer cynical. They're no longer discouraged. They're no, no longer disillusioned. It is one, listen, it is one thing to be able to look back in your past and see how God intervened. It is a no, total another thing to be able to see God now in the present in your problems. Now in the present in the midst of your struggle. To where you're able, when you're going through those periods of disillusionment and despair and, and some of those other things, that you're able to see God in the midst. It is one thing to be able to look back at your past and see him working it is another thing to be able to see him working in your today when he's moving. And then one thing they realized, they realized, once they realized who Jesus was, they were positive about past relationships. Look at this, verse 33. I mean, everything changes. That very hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the 11, the, the 11 disciples, the other guys. Remember the guys they were talking about? The guys they disagreed with? The guys that they didn't think got it? They go back to the leaven and they gathered together. And then you see that these guys have a positive testimony. Verse 34, the Lord ha he, who said, the Lord has, has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. And all of a sudden they had this discovery. All of a sudden it's like the lights came on. And this is Jesus. This is the Messiah. And they accepted him, as you will. They placed their trust in him. They believed in him. They believe he did exactly what he said he was going to do. And everything changes for them. Their past changes, their present changes, and their future begins to change when they realize, when they realize who Jesus was. It was on the road to Emmaus that they discovered that Jesus is alive. And I pray today that if you don't know who Jesus is, today is the day that you discover that Jesus is the Messiah. And he will forgive you of your sins. Will you bow your heads with me and close your eyes?